What's up, everyone, and welcome to the School District Podcast. My name is Adam. Welcome. This is my podcast. I'm the host, and I really hope you enjoy all the conversations I have with educators all over the world. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and share your favorite conversations with colleagues or anyone you think would enjoy. If you're looking for a book to read, I've written four Kids Deserve It, Run Like a Pirate, Empower Our Girls, and Teachers Deserve It. As you can imagine, they are all available on Amazon or wherever books are sold. And if you'd rather listen to the words than read them, Kids Deserve It is also on Audible as an audiobook. And if you're looking for a keynote speaker for some professional development or a kickoff with your staff or a conference, I would love to work with you. I've given well over 300 keynotes all across across North America with breakout sessions, coaching, leadership strands, ed tech, you name it, and I would love to work with you. You can email me directly, adamwelcome at gmail.com, or you can go to my website, mradamwelcome.com, for more information about speaking and also my other podcast and blog. Charla Matthews, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, super excited. Everybody make sure you're going to Twitter and follow Charla, Mrs. Matthews, G-U-E on Twitter. I'm going to link it in the show notes as well. You're always just posting fun stuff and pictures and just resources. It's uh, it's cool to uh, to see what you got going on. Charla, the people out there that don't know who you are, introduce yourself and give us a little background and tell us who you are. Well, awesome. I am the principal at Grove Upper Elementary. We have um, about 550 fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. Um, we are in the far northeast corner of Oklahoma. So we are like 10 minutes from Missouri and 15 minutes to Arkansas. Um, and so we're a border town, but we have this beautiful lake right here in our community. You have fished on our lake, Adam. <laughs> Shout out to Julie Bloss, yes. That's right, she will, <laughs> she will take you out there and show you where the crappie are. Um, but we are very blessed to have this beautiful community kind of nestled in the foothills of the Ozarks. And uh, I am not from here, my husband, uh, grew up here and graduated from here. I actually grew up in far southwest Oklahoma, but um, 14 years ago, he made the decision that we were going to move back here, and I thought he was moving me to the ends of the earth, <laughs> and um, he, we had the opportunity to leave about probably 10 years ago and I said no you made you brought me up here you made me fall in love with this place um but our community is definitely a resort town so while we're recording this it is the beginning of summer and our town is just blossoming and then in the winter time we shrink down to this small little community so it's really it's really sweet our district has um about 2600 kiddos uh pre-k through 12 and um, and we're just living the dream here. My husband and I have four kiddos that range in the age of from 10 to 19. So uh, next year, I will have both of my boys in my building. Oh, um, are you excited? Are they excited? Or is it like a Venn diagram depending on the, <laughs> on the day of who's excited about that? It's not my boys that I'm necessarily just concerned about. It's like them and all of their buddies. Um, <laughs> And so that know me because being in a small town, like they do life 
these kids, I see them every weekend at the baseball field or at the football field. Um, they know me outside of school as well as at school. And so it's just going to be a little different having both of them. Um, I may need some uh, some counseling services to get through the year. I've had my oldest son, he'll be a sixth grader. So he's been in my building for two years and it's been really sweet. We kind of have rules. Like, I don't know, you never had your kids in a building where you no, were, did you? No. And so we kind of have rules. Like I can say hi to him, but I don't initiate touch. Like I don't, I can't hug him. He can hug me. <laughs> Um, he can say, love you, mom, have a good day, but I can't do that to him. So we have these rules. Um, and, and I think that that's great, but it's, it's been very special having my oldest son in the building. So I'm looking forward to having them both next year. Yeah. It's funny that you say you're not necessarily worried about your son, but just the crew that moves with mm -hmm. them before the show, we were talking about little league baseball and all the dads. And last night we were at playoffs and we, we went to watch and my son was running around with like 10 other, 10 other boys, you know, and I think about that too, if I was his principal, it wouldn't be my son that I would worry about. And not that I would worry about his friends, but just the right. pack of them moving and hey, I'm Adam, but then you're also Mr. Welcome, you're Mrs. Matthews, depending on the situation, mm -hmm. and you know everybody's mm -hmm. mother and grandmother and aunt and uncle, especially in a small town. And I can attest, I've been to Grove. It's absolutely amazing. If you want to get into a bathtub that's actually a lake, go to the <laughs> lake because it is so warm. We were actually in talking, August. In August. It's warm in August. We're right now, it's too cold. I'm not in. Well, we were talking about that uh, actually this weekend because we were up in Lake Tahoe and we jumped in the lake and my wife actually looked at the at the water temperature and it was like 50 degrees. And I said, I told my kids, if you want to go to a bathtub lake, go to Grove, Oklahoma, because uh, I guess, yes, in August, it is uh, it is super warm. So let's get into some things that I want to talk about. You know, before the show, we were talking uh, about some things that, you know, are just going on around the country and, you know, maybe some more specifically to Oklahoma that are, you know, struggles for educators. And I feel those things, they've always been there and there's a lot more happening now but i want to flip it what are you most excited about right now in education man right now i am excited my passion i met with we are out of school um but so we've been bringing in these small groups of teachers all those committees right that we have that can come and do hard work in the summer and um, so i was meeting with one of my committees and I said, my passion right now and what I'm most excited about is really focusing on those connections with our families and our communities. So my first year as a principal, I just finished year three. My first year was 2020. Yikes. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yep, baptism by fire right there. Um, and so it, uh, we couldn't let parents in the building and I think we never really returned to really engaging them in, this is what your kiddo is doing in class. Hey, come look at this awesome literacy project that our library is doing. Come see these amazing STEM projects. I was making videos of our STEM camp last week and I thought, man, if our parents could actually come and experience this with their kids, then I think that they're, mindset of public education would change. 
we're not, you know, a hot word in Oklahoma right now is, um, and it probably is nationwide, but in Oklahoma, we, we have had this word put on us of we are indoctrinating kids. I don't know a single educator who's indoctrinating children, but we have to show them as educators what we are doing. And so I talked about to my staff last week and I said, I want us to come up with every way possible that we can engage these parents to come back in and see what we're doing because that's going to get them on our side. It gets them connected with their kiddos. I think it makes them better parents mm -hmm. um, when they can have those conversations with their kids about what they are doing during their school day. Um, but it also shows them what we, the amazing things that are going on in public education. So I kind of had to warn my staff, get ready, because I'm going to say, well, how can we get parents in the building? We may have all sorts of different activities next year. Um, and we brainstormed some of those. But I just think that that's something that we've missed since COVID um, that we haven't brought back that needs to. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. You know, we used to call them magic moments. And I used to say to my teachers, no, nobody's going to see that. I want somebody to see that and to see that and to see this and to see that because if you don't share those on a continual basis, when something negative does happen, indoctrination or whatever, that's actually not even happening, people are right. only going to hear that thing. But if you share those magic moments, the literacy project, all those little wins that happen throughout the day, when something maybe does come up, people go, all right, like I see that thing, that maybe negative, not great thing, but look at all these other things that we've shared all year. And, you know, it's like anything, if we don't tell our story, then somebody else will. And we are in charge of telling our story. You know, you and every educator and superintendent across Absolutely. the across the country is, is in charge because if the only message is nasty and, and vitriol, then that's what people are going to listen to because it sounds, you know, it's like uh, if it bleeds, it leads. If you watch the news, what do they have on the news? Car accidents. They have all this mm -hmm. stuff, you know, how often do they have that feel good yeah. story? And, you know, hey, all the local news organizations, make sure you are sharing those positive stories that are happening in schools every yeah. day because it's uh, it's so important. So, um, so yeah, go ahead. You want to say something else? Well, I was just going to say, I think when COVID hit, we tried to use social media as that outlet, but it doesn't replace sometimes having that mama you know, I, so I have fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. It's kind of like running three buildings in one because developmentally, they're so different. My fourth graders are still having parties all the time and, <laughs> and all of that. But sometimes just getting that mama in there to help with that party, that kind of homeroom mom feel is enough for her to see and then go tell all of her friends that, hey, this teacher is doing incredible things. You should have seen this project that she was doing with our kiddos about this book that they were reading while I was setting up for the party that was gonna happen right afterwards. And I think with COVID, we just, we missed that. Mm -hmm. And those are things that we're not sharing on social media. Social media is great and can be used for so many things and help us tear down those walls. But getting parents in is where we're gonna like, hit that heart muscle and and just increase that uh, visibility of what great work our teachers are doing. Well, I think that's a great point about getting the mamas in there. And you can tell that Charla's from uh, Oklahoma, get those mamas in there <laughs> because the mamas 
they're going to see it mm -hmm. firsthand. And then they're going to go to the baseball field. They're going to go to the country club. They're going to go to the restaurant. They're going to go to church. They're going to do whatever. And they'll be like, hey, let me tell you something. That's that word of mouth um, just uh, recommendation. It's like if you come to San Francisco, you're going to go on social media and you're going to see a whole bunch of things and you're going to be like, I don't want to go to San Francisco anymore. But if you call me, you're like, hey, Adam, I'm road tripping with my family out to this, out yep. to San Francisco on the West Coast. What should I do? I'm going to be like, hey, here's 10 amazing things, vice versa. If I come your way, you're going to do the same. So it's getting that people's eyeballs on it, feeling it, seeing it, and then relaying that message about all the awesome things that uh, that is so important. So everybody listening, have a plan, you know, talk with your teams, talk with your grade levels, talk with your departments and just say, hey, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? on social media, but also getting those mamas, getting those guardians and parents in the classrooms, in the building, so they can spread that message too, because they are gonna be your biggest cheerleaders, 100%, because if somebody at the baseball field goes, oh my gosh, this school, and they're talking things, saying the moms or the dads or whoever are gonna be like, actually, I've seen it firsthand. Mm -hmm. Have you been in the building? And then they go, oh, no, I actually haven't. You know what? You're wrong. I've seen it, they've seen it, this is what's happening. They're actually gonna defend you and what's going on and they're gonna increase your level of authenticity with the story that you're telling. Absolutely, and how much better to have a parent defending you than yes. attacking you. Yes. And, yes, and that is where we have been in our society, I think, um, you know, for the last few years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Switching gears a little bit, what is your best advice for someone that wants to become a principal, I get this question all the time from people on social media, in person, what do I do? What should I do? Well, what's your best advice for the listeners out there? So, uh, you know, you and I had the opportunity to meet face-to-face -face, um, last August. And I think one of the first things I said was, I know on your podcast, you talk a lot about getting that assistant principalship. Um, I am one of those that didn't take your advice. <laughs> Oops. Uh, <laughs> It is great advice, um, but I, you can have tons of administrative experience while you're still in the classroom. Mm -hmm. um, there are, we kind of call them those intermediate positions in our district. So they would be those instructional coaches, right? Or uh, we have an MTSS director in our uh, district. We have a school improvement um, person in our district. Those intermediate positions really get you some of the great experience. So whatever experiences are available in your area, take advantage of those. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to just be an assistant principal. There are only three assistant principal positions available in our district. And, and those are highly sought after. And so we absolutely have to build administrators within our district that have other experiences other than assistant principalships. Um, and so for me, I was a school improvement person um, for like seven years um, in the district. And so that's where a ton of my experience came from. And then I had the opportunity to run our, I actually had the opportunity to build our full-time virtual school prior to COVID. So the oh, wow. year that we started that was 1920. And um, so at the end of that year, COVID hit and we were like, oh, I'm so glad that we have already built a full-time virtual school that is part of our public school district. And then I was able to go right into a, a principalship 
Um, I will say there are a lot of things I had to figure out and learn because I didn't have that assistant principal hat, but it is possible because in a lot of districts, it's just not feasible to have that before you step into a head principal role. Yeah, no, that's great advice. And uh, I, I do stand by, I think being assistant principal is really great mm -hmm. training. And I do, Absolutely. I know, because I travel a lot. There are a lot of places that are more rural across the country. There just aren't the options to become an assistant principal. And uh, hey, you could also become an assistant principal and have not the best principal to work for. So you actually may not even yes. learn the best way. So everybody's situation is different, but 100% uh, in agreement. There are so many opportunities for leadership with the job that you are doing right now. And whatever those opportunities are, do them to the best of your ability, ask questions, build relationships with other people. It's just, uh, it's so important. So you talked about building relationships with parents. How about building relationships with other principal colleagues? Yeah. I, I always, I struggled with this sometimes where I had mm -hmm. colleagues that were principals when I was a principal that I got along with really, really well. And then others, it was, you know, it's a two-way street, but how do you approach just connecting and building relationships with other people that have your job? Because at some point, regardless, you're going to need them. You're going to call them. Hey, what are you doing? And it's better if you have a relationship with them. So what are some ways you think, uh, Charla, that you've, uh, that you've done that? So for me personally, I come from a family of educators. My dad was a superintendent. My mom was a principal. I have two sisters and um, we're all in administration. So, but we're all at different um, grade levels, right? So they are part of my network. But at the same time, it's very different. We're in three completely different communities across the state of Oklahoma. One does high school, one's at the district level, and then I have found myself in an elementary world. So it's all just kind of, um, we all kind of run differently. I also have experience in several different districts within my career. And so I'm able to pull from those people who I worked for or who I worked with in those other districts as well. So I mentioned that I started during COVID and it was just a, a expectation in my district that all of the administrators join our state and our national organizations. It's just an expectation. There was never any question. It was, you fill out this paperwork to join <laughs> OAESP. You fill out this paperwork to join NAESP. Um, and as you know, we have had some very active members of that uh, in our district, um, which I think is how you and I kind of got to know each other is through the connections that you had through NAESP. Um, the first year that I took over the principalship, it was COVID. Everything was virtual. I couldn't really network with people. And all of our new principal train academies and everything was online. And so it was really hard to meet other principals. So I have um, leaned heavily on our admin staff here to help introduce me to other people just in our area. And then just in the last 12 months, we have really started being able to connect with people through our conferences. And so I wanna encourage anyone out there. Um, I have just in the last 12 months been able to meet principals all over the state of Oklahoma through our state organization. Um, and those are people who I can call and say, you know, 
I have a problem with, I really need to find some new reading supplemental information because my fourth grade reading scores are in the dirt. So talk to me about what you're using that's working. And I'm able to do that through the connections that I've made. Um, I also wanna say, I wasn't on Twitter prior to becoming a principal. And that was something that was recommended to me and probably how you and I first connected. And I've been able to connect with administrators, not only in my region, but all across the country. Um, and I have another conversation with another principal later today and we've never met, we've just met on Twitter. And so I'm really excited about the possibilities that that has um, for our future as well. Yeah, shout out to OAESP, Glenn Apshear, who I know we know in person, uh, we know uh, in, uh, in in common in the OASP principal podcast. Charla's also been on that podcast. And shout out to NASP, Miss Gracie Branch, fellow Oklahoman who I've known for uh, many, many years. She uh, is, uh, is, is big in uh, NASP and works with them. So join your state and national organization. You are, you're definitely going to learn and grow. How do you approach mom life? principal life, wife life, your husband coaches, I think too, I see mm -hmm. on Facebook, you guys are everywhere. Yeah. Uh, how do you approach it all? You know, a lot of people use the word balance. Mm -hmm. I struggle with that word because I feel like I'm the same way. I got two kids and I travel, my wife has a full-time job and we do sports and activities, you know, just like, mm -hmm. just like the Matthews family. Uh, how do you just approach it all? And, and, and do, do it well and still give attention to the things that need all of, all of your attention? So that's probably the hardest part. And um, the hardest part of the transitioning to the administratorship and to the principalship was trying to figure out how to juggle all the balls in the air. And I don't like the word balance either because my family should never balance my work. Uh, my family always should have more of me. Um, we have really worked over three years. We've tried a lot of things that haven't worked. What is currently working for us is my husband is a banker by trade. Um, so I get up really early in the morning and I get to school really early in the morning. Um, and that way he gets the kids up, he gets the kids to school. Uh, we will be really blessed when our uh, daughter turns 16 this fall because that really Get her a car. <laughs> uh, on his commute in the morning. But I go really early because I miss less of my kids' lives when I work early. So the trade-off for that, he does the morning routine. I am, um, I've been super blessed. I'm out of the building usually by four every afternoon. And part of that is because usually one of the kids has a practice that starts at four. And my assistant principal is the same way. Our kids are the same ages. Her husband also works for the district and he's a coach. And I have been able, you know, we have after school tutoring and all of those things. And when I first took the job, my teachers really wanted an administrator there after, during after school tutoring. So I have been very, uh, specific in building up my teachers to give them power to handle those situations, give them everything they need to handle those situations on their own. My building needs to be able to run when I'm not there. 
Um, and so for three years, I've worked really hard to be able to do that. And uh, I had a new assistant principal this last year and I had to teach her, it's okay if we're both gone. There need to be times that we're both gone. Um, so balancing is never going to happen. I like to think of it as buckets. So for me, my faith is really big. Um, my family is really big. I view my work as like a mission. So my work and mission is kind of the same. And then there's me. And so I have four buckets and I better be putting at least one drop in each of those buckets every single day. Yeah. Um, and some days I'm going to pour a whole lot into one bucket or the other. But if I'm putting one drop in one every single day, then none of, they're not running dry. Yeah. So I love, I couldn't agree more with the point of your family should never balance your work. That should be a t-shirt and a bumper sticker because <laughs> what is most important, it, it is your family. And if you're not happy and healthy at home, you can't be happy and healthy at work. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And everybody out there listening, listen to what Charla said build capacity in your people. The principal Absolutely. or the assistant principal is just one person on the team in a school. They are not everything and they don't need to be everywhere and make every decision. You have to build that capacity and distribute the leadership across the building because because um, you and they are only one one person and you, 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 know, you have to do it. Uh, who is someone that is on your staff that you would like to give a shout out to on the podcast? Oh my heavens. I have the best librarian in the entire world. Her name is Miranda Ward. Um, and being from a small town, of course, I knew her um, before I became the principal in our building. But I want to say probably the best person to sum her up and say why she's so incredible is my daughter. Uh, Kennedy is almost 16. She'll be a sophomore this next year when she was in the upper elementary. And um, I asked her, I was asking her about her teachers and all of those things. And she said, do you know why I like being in the library? And I like Mrs. Ward. And I said, because you like books. <laughs> I mean, she's a reader. Um, and she said, no, because you can tell she loves her job. Mm. And so my daughter was 11 when she told me that. And that just encompasses everything that Mrs. Ward brings to our building. She has developed a culture of literacy throughout our entire building. Our math teachers are teaching literacy. Our science teachers are teaching literacy. She has made the library this amazing place where you can talk about books, but you can also use your imagination and tell these really cool stories through her makerspace activities. And she, uh, my famous line when I have these crazy ideas is, now hear me out. Like that's how I start the conversation. Let's go for a walk. Yeah, now hear me out. And she is, she'll just say, let me get a notebook first. And she takes all these crazy ideas and she just runs with them. And she's incredible. I have worked with a whole lot of librarians. Um, throughout my career, high school librarians, elementary librarians, and by far she's the best that we have. And I love that she works so hard um, to try to create lifelong readers in our building. Yeah, you'll have to connect me with her because I'd love to have her on the podcast, you know, and I feel like 
you know, I, I feel like the library is the heartbeat of the school. Absolutely. And libraries have changed over time. When we were kids, it was a place to go get a book typically and you would leave, but it's changed with maker spaces or just doing more projects, literacy pushing into math and science as it should be, right? Because kids are reading in all those different all those different areas of the curriculum. Um, and yeah, when you have a good one, it definitely, uh, it definitely changes your school. Uh, Charlotte, if you could choose one person alive or dead to spend the day with who is not a family member, who would it be and why? All right. So I've been waiting for this one. I've listened to your <laughs> podcast for well over a year and I ask myself this question all the time. So then when we scheduled the pod, I was like, I've really got to answer it. All right. So here we go. I think my person is Michael Jordan. Hmm. So when I was a girl growing up in I I was an 80s baby and 90s teen. He was like the hot commodity. My dad was a basketball coach. My family was a basketball family. As an adult, when you look at the Michael Jordan story, how he overcame failure. Not just, you know, we all know he was cut from his freshman basketball team. But even as a professional athlete, in his personal life, he had a whole lot of failure. His family, his mom and his dad remained his, his steady. And I would just love to hear all of his insights from that. And I wanna hear all the nitty gritty of the championships and the Nike deal and all of that stuff too, but that overcoming obstacles and that working through and keeping that central unit of his family um, I would just love to hear the story of all that. Yeah, I think you're the first person that has said Michael Jordan on the podcast. Mike, if you're listening, we would love to have you <laughs> on the podcast. Come on and take a trip, fly your private plane up to Grove. I think you all have an airport up in Grove, right? Oh, yeah, we fly do. Fly into Grove, go hang out with the Ridge Runners uh, for a little bit. I'd want to know also, too, when he played, I think he played for the Birmingham Barons. Remember, he played minor league baseball yes. for like a minute. I remember he yes. bought them all new uniforms. He bought a new bus for them to travel in. So, um, but yeah. that was one of those failure moments, right? Sure. That like sure. he stunk at it pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, no, for so sure. I would love to hear that story. Like, yeah. why did you decide to do that? Yeah, no, 100%. That would be cool. Charla, a big part of this podcast is just amplifying the voices of my guests. I'm just going to pass the microphone over, over to you. What would you like to say to all the people that listen to this podcast? I just want to tell everyone out there keep doing what you're doing. If you love kids, you're doing the right thing. Um, we can listen to all the political junk, but that really ruins our vision. Keep your eyes on making a difference in your classroom, loving the kids that you're in. I tell teachers, um, especially teachers who come in who may be alternatively certified, um, I can teach you how to teach. I can teach you all the pedagogy things. I can't teach you how to love kids. So that's my number one stalemate. We're not gonna get past that. You have to have that to come work in our building. And if you keep your eye on that, all the other stuff kind of fades away. So it doesn't matter if your governor's crazy or it doesn't matter <laughs> whatever is going on. We will, not, we will not be inviting the governor of, 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 a, <laughs> of, of a state on the podcast. <laughs> Okay. Um, but, you know, just 
just keep your eye on your kids. We have a bit, I have a huge sign in my office that says kids are kind of a big deal around here. Think about that. Keep your vision on that. And um, you're going to love coming to work every day. Yeah, 100%. Charlotte Matthews, Mrs. Matthews, G-U-E. It's linked in the show notes as well. I think you should start a side hustle by making t-shirts because you have so many mama Oklahoma-isms. Like just have a shirt that says mama. And then, oh my heavens, you said a few more during the podcast I didn't Mm -hmm. write down, but that could be a nice little side hustle for the Matthews family. Not that you don't have any uh, any spare time because I know y'all are busy um, like (laughs) most families, but uh, that, uh, that would be fun. Super fun having you on the podcast. Enjoy your time off. Enjoy your family. Your family should never balance your work. I absolutely love that. I think more people need to think like that. Uh, The work will always be there, but you got to take care of your family first because they are the most important. Everybody listening, thank you for all that you do. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day.